the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're having a great weekend out here. This week, I have a very special guest. I have Mickey Shook. Mickey Shook of Carry Trainer. CarryTrainer.com is his website. You guys have probably already know that. You probably already watched him on the videos. But for those of you who haven't, we're going to catch you up to that. And as always, our podcasts are available at FiringLineRadio.com. FiringLineRadio.com, and you can even get some pretty cool shirts and hats at that site. And let me just jump right into this because this is actually a show I've been looking forward to. Now, you may not believe that. Mickey may not believe that, but I actually have. I was able to meet Mickey in Oklahoma at a CCW safe event and uh, just was was entertained with this man and uh, watched him shoot, watched him help other people shoot, and it was kind of a pretty fun day. Mickey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Can I ask a couple questions really quick? You already, that's one. Do you have other guests that you're not excited about? Not that I've admitted to. And then I'm special. Do you have guests that are not special? Like, do you ask unspecial people to be on the show? Do you see, folks, why I've been looking forward to this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm special. So that means, like, everybody, you just, like, have, like, when you're looking for guests, like, you ask Mason, like, Mason, we need to find a couple Get that guy holding the sign out there on the corner. We'll give him a free coffee. Come to a show. That's pretty much how I do book my guests. Yeah. Uh, I will never use to call anybody special again. This is my uh, unspecial guest. It's my, my run-of-the-mill average guest, Mickey Shuck, uh, on the air here today, folks. Mickey, how are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you. Thank you for why, why are you excellent? If you're not special... It's a wonderful day. I'm alive and well. The uh, rain that came through here recently has caused everything to become green and alive. Uh, air temperature is nice. My body feels good after a long training trip. I'm rested. Uh, yeah, all the bills are paid. I got it made in the shade, right? Pretty Life's good. 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 So the training trip you're talking about is was the S12 event in Tennessee, correct? That is correct, sir. And why is it called S12? Well, to give you the short answer to that initially when we created this program the intent was to have an immersive experience where we would have 12 instructors the reason that we chose 12 is we were looking for a number uh, that we could uh, handle the amount of material that we were looking for so we had 12 instructors 12 students and it was this crazy immersive experience over the course of four or five long days and uh, we had such a demand for it that we revamped the program. The name the name did not change. Uh, in addition to the 
12 being the specific number of attendees and instructors. Uh, S stood for something, it stands for something, and that is uh, kind of some core principles of the program. Selective of our thoughts, our actions, our deeds, our relationships. Uh, superior, superior training, superior mindset, superior relationships, superior uh, tactics. So there's a group of, or a rather a handful of messaging that goes behind the program and it's kind of what builds out uh, the event it's not just training with guns it's not just training emergency life-saving medical skills it's not just training uh, the hand-to-hand open-hand combative stuff we do it's not just learning about eating properly we have an executive chef that comes out and we provide three meals a day and they're chef-prepared meals. It's not cafeteria food. And we talk about why we're eating certain things. Uh, we'll talk about nutrition to train like that. We talk about nutrition for good health and longevity. And then a lot of the event is all wrapped around this. this in this space, we talk about mindset a lot. And I think that that's a overused, misunderstood uh, kind of blanket statement people use for things. And in this event, we kind of help folks develop a mindset that they can take back to life to, to have an excellent day, to have an excellent life. You know, you've had a couple of opinions on that about mindset and what that actually means. you want to dig into that a little bit? Mm, sure, sure. I mean, I, I think uh, ever since guys like uh, Napoleon Hill wrote the book Think and Grow Rich 100-plus years ago, we have this self-help, uh, self-improvement kind of uh, space. Before him, it was Gandhi or Jesus, right, or or maybe a few others. But in this modern space, we have people that latch on to concepts that they have a understanding of or a partial understanding of, and then they start teaching it. And in the combatives, warrior mind or warrior uh, preparedness space we just flippantly toss out this phrase of mindset. And I think we forget that a a homeless person has a mindset, a crack addict has a mindset, a a wacky movie star that tears up hotel rooms and does all the crazy things like we see in, uh, was it Johnny Depp and his girlfriend right now, all that stuff getting broadcast. Those people have mindsets. The, The psychopath that just murdered all those kids in Texas has a mindset. So the, the term mindset is our dominating thoughts, the things that create the, the operating system that drives us. And it's, it's not a T-shirt. It's not a logo. It's not a, it's not a catchphrase. It's not wearing swag or putting a sticker on your truck. It's the dominating thoughts that, that form you, who you are. And I think too often we, we think we think that suggesting like I'm a winner makes us a winner or I'm a survivor or I'm a fighter. And that's just not the case. I think we need to be able to connect the dots and understand that the, from the time we wake up in the morning to the time that we go to bed, our brain is computing, thinking, churning, and we have the ability to direct that computer or let it direct us. 
And that in itself is a mindset. So uh, there's more to it than just slapping a sticker on your gun bag. I get that. So one of the other things you talked about is kind of your mindset is why, you know, some of the things in your in your teaching. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to get better at this? What's the ultimate goal, right? You want to touch on that? I'd love to. I think, it, as you said, that it brought up a conversation I recently had with a friend. He owns a, a very successful company in this space. And sometimes I will, he'll hear me pose this and he says, it's none of your business. Why? And I said, well, in the context of me trying to pass on something, it does matter. Like a teacher is almost a salesman, right? You're trying to draw out what the needs are of the student, the consumer, and then provide them the correct product or information. And that might be a stretch to some people, because if you're going to a class that teaches a certain codified lesson plan, that is what you're passing on. But you got to figure out how to pass it on to the student. And so this why for us that go armed into the world, that practice martial arts, that try to live a lifestyle where, where we can protect life and liberty, the question, if we distill that question down, it's not I don't train with a gun so that I can win in violence. I train with a gun so that I can win in violence so that I don't die or that somebody else doesn't. But distill it farther, why don't I want to die? Because I like living. Why do we I like life. living? Yeah, because yeah, I enjoy smelling the flowers. I enjoy holding my granddaughter. I enjoy eating a lovely meal with my wife. I enjoy talking with a friend on a radio show. Like That is the essence of it. I want to do more of that as long as I can before I leave this place. And so... If we really look at that as the why, I'm trying to protect this most precious asset of life, it should help us broaden our the way we look at our mindset and the way we go about our life. And maybe we should make better choices with our thoughts, our relationships, uh, our sleep habits, our diet. And, and I don't want to sound preachy because I we all do things that maybe are not the best for us, but if you are professing to want to win in violence and, and live uh, a good life, are you not doing these other things that also support it? Are you getting out of bed and going for a walk to stay flexible? Are you doing some physical exercise on a daily basis? Are you making good choices with food, with your thoughts, with your relationships, et cetera? Exactly. We're going to talk more about that coming up on our next couple of segments. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, FiringLineRadio.com for the podcast. We're here with Mickey Shook, CarryTrainer.com, and also Gunfighter Oil. So, you know, don't get lubed without it. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. 
Bullseye Sport in Riverside, proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just need extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick that's right folks it's boomstick radio this is philip Naiman, firing line radio show and as you know each week on the firing line radio show the conversation revolves around firearms hunting and second amendment issues but one of the show's stalwart supporters has always been vince torres over at bullseye sports guns and ammo in riverside vince and his team of experts are second to none in their knowledge and passion for all that this show stands for if you're not armed for protection or recreation stop in at bullseye sport for small arms rifles shotguns ammos accessories and much more bullseye sport stocks all name brands like Beretta, Ruger, Glock, Winchester, and many more. If they don't have it, they'll get it. They welcome all levels of shooting enthusiasts, especially ladies, considering firearms for the first time. Bullseye Sports is the best selection of prices every day. Stop in, mention you heard me, Philip Naiman, on AM 590's Firing Line Radio Show, and talk about Bullseye Sports guns and ammo in Riverside. Near the corner of Brockton and San Simeon Way, hit the bullseye, go see Vince. You know, I, I really do appreciate his support because he makes this radio show happen. And folks, you want to be involved, go see Vince. He'll give you a great deal. Tell him you heard it on the show, and uh, then I'll get a great deal. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com for the podcasts or YouTube to see if you want to see what the show actually looks like. Not really exciting, but at least you get to see Mickey if you uh, go on to the YouTube channel for that. Mickey can be found at carrytrainer.com and his YouTube channel, strangely enough, has the same name. He's got some great instructional videos. He has some videos talking about well, everything from mindset to how to carry, what to carry, what to think about. Some pretty entertaining stuff and some good educational stuff. And, of course, gunfighter oil, keep it wet. All right. So coming back here, we have uh, Mickey. As we left our last section, we're kind of talking about more than just running a gun when it comes to self-defense. You know, as you said before, mindset is not a bumper sticker. But that actually might be a good bumper sticker, I think. It's true. Okay. I made a T-shirt once that said, mindset's not a slogan on a T-shirt. <laughs> That's true. I, I believe it. I believe it. I like it, too. 
Um, my favorite one's my toxic masculinity one. Just it's a warning sign. Just throw it out there. Um, so let's go into that because I would have to say the worst thing in the world would be to be in a situation where you needed to step up and you couldn't for some reason. Do you agree? Sure. You know, that poses or rather reflects what we just talked about in the last segment. If my goal is that I want to live a long, full life, I want to be able to help those around me do that. If that's truly, honestly what you want to do and not just play with guns, then we need to do things that support that outcome. And I talk to students in our classes. And first, I think it's a good spot just for me to say I'm nobody from nowhere. Uh, I've got a couple dozen mentors, friends, teachers that over the last 20 years have passed on life experiences and skills and knowledge to me that uh, we pass on. So um, this information is is out there. It's not um, some sexy thing that you've got to like be in a secret club to get. So I talked to the students in class and one of the things that just to kind of set the tone, nobody wants to go home and tell their wife, hey, I did, I did a good thing today and almost saved our kid, but he's gone. Or I, I, there was a problem at the mall. I tried to intervene and I shot a good person in the face because my marksman skills weren't up to snuff. But, hey, I still tried. Like nobody – and, of course, that's, that's – we're being facetious, but nobody wants to do that. Or, you know, our kid was choking. I didn't know CPR. I know I have the little card in my wallet from 18 months ago, but because I didn't practice, you know, don't be mad at me. I had the card Like nobody wants to do that. And none of us would live the rest of our lives the same having had such uh, an, an occurrence or instance. And this stuff happens a lot. If we're serious about this stuff, there is a way to become proficient in all of these skills while making ourselves uh, more calm in life because we have these skills. I think there's a fine line be- between paranoia and hysteria and and a relaxed calm because you you know that you've done what you need to do. There's a it's like when you put a storm shelter in on your property, when you hear the tornado sirens, you're no longer fearful because you've got a plan. You've got a place to go or you've done the you, you've done the uh, the work with the fire drill or whatever it is. There's still a problem that needs solving, but you've done the work. We oftentimes see people rise to the occasion in life, in the movies, especially right. The underdog rises to the occasion and we watch that and we think. That's awesome. We feel the sense of like of, of attachment because we all want to be the person that's capable in the moment. That's, you know, the girls love you. People clap. The news takes pictures of you. But in reality, that's not usually how it works. In reality, we don't rise to the occasion. As the saying goes, hope is not a course of action. Wishing is, is not a plan. And so if we truly care, we need to put that work in. And that's not just learning the medical skills or all that stuff. It's keeping our body in a condition that you could carry me out of a building, keeping my body in a condition that if I need an IV, I mean, there's 
there's people that it's not easy to put an IV in them because of the uh, composition of their body, not to sound rude or insulting to anybody. There's people that are, are a detriment to those around them because they have allowed their body to be pushed out of the design parameters that, that were meant to be walking around in. And people hear me say this sometimes, and they say, "Ah, oh, that's terrible. You know, you shouldn't be talking about about that." But unfortunately, when you drive down the road and you see a billboard that shows somebody that's a hundred pounds overweight, and it's trying to minimize that and tell you it's okay because we're all different, it's not okay. And it's again not me insulting somebody or anything of that nature. We are not meant to be uh, obese. We're not meant to not move. We're not meant to sit like we're doing now all day. We're meant to to be fairly uh, thin creatures. If you go anywhere in the world where people work physically, uh, Central America, South America, all through the continent of Africa, anywhere that people are working physically, go to almost any farm in rural America, and people are kind of wiry, sinewy, right? You see old guys in the forest. And their muscles look like an 18-year-old boy on a college football team. That's what we're meant to look like. That requires choices. Stop shoving garbage in your mouth. Get up and move. It sounded kind of preachy. Well, no, it's, it's an important thing. It's a very important thing. I mean, I think it can't be any more personal. And when you look at what's going on in this world and I wish I could change this, I wish I could change, oh, I don't know, the president and people in Congress. But those things we cannot personally change, these things we can. This is what's within our parameter. And as you just said, if you have a plan, if you're doing something, that takes that stress level down. You know, um, Another point, if you are in the 300-pound class. Um, if anybody's ever tried to move a rescue dummy or anything like that, boy, deadlifting over 300 pounds, not a lot of guys can do that. And then when it's soft weight and you can't get your arms around somebody it's because they're that impossible. big, you you can't help them. You know, they're unrescuable without a even, team of people. Even with four grown men, that's hard to do. We had a uh, – when I was on the search and rescue team, we had a guy fall off a water pile. He's 300-pounder, and we had like three-quarters of a mile with a gurney to haul him out. You know, <laughs> we had nine guys had to rotate through, and everybody's arms were shot. It was almost like, you know, good luck, guy. <laughs> can, I, can I grab something? I want to show you something. Can I sure. grab something? Do we have sure. one minute? Yeah, I'll, I'll just do seconds. a sock puppet show while you're gone. Um, it's an important thing, folks, that we have to be responsible for ourselves. And one of the things that we have control on and we do have so control on courses, is what we decide to do on a daily basis. As many people do, we use T-shirts as targets from time to time. So right. I tell students, bring a T-shirt. So I have this T-shirt. He's holding here. up you a rather the, large see, red T-shirt. You see the bullet holes, right? Yeah. Move it back a little bit. So this kid comes to class a year ago. Uh, 2020 got the date on here and he says can I shoot this shirt I said you can shoot any shirt you want and he held it up I said what's special about that shirt he says I was at your class last year with this shirt on and at that class he weighed 225 pounds 
one year later, he weighed 151 pounds. He's a very short awesome. guy. He was only like five foot three. This was the shirt that he wore at Double 225. X. A year later, 150. He was ripped. And so, you know, there was a, it was a little bit of a metaphor for him, and he shot his old man, right? He shot who he was, and I asked him if I could keep it. I had him sign it. We wrote the date on it. His name's Ivan. He's a stud. Awesome. And so it, ha- it hangs on the wall in the office. But he went home and got serious. And that, that's what we're talking about. Folks, we'll be right back here with Mickey Shook, carrytrainer.com after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Welcome back. We're here with Mickey Shuck. Mickey Shuck, the common spelling. No, it's not. But you can find him anyway at carrytrainer.com. Carrytrainer.com. This guy does some really high-end training. As a matter of fact, folks, you know I do the CCW Safe podcast with my partner Rob High. Rob was just in Tennessee at the S12 event, and he had some great things to say about it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the training that uh, that Mickey does at this point, and you know, we're talking about mindset, talking about our personal responsibility. Now we can talk about some of the fun stuff on this training. Now, the S twelve event, as you talked about earlier, specifically focused different trainers coming in, a uh, very full day. Rob was saying twelve, thirteen hours a day. Not that you're overworked and exhausted, but you're busy, and if you can tell. With Mickey here, the guy's pretty organized and he's not wasting time, so it's focused. You're moving from one thing to the other. At lunchtime, food's ready. It's good. It's there. You're moving on to the next event, the next event. So I think that's amazing that – well, not amazing. I think I respect when somebody has something that well organized, that they're not wasting people's time, and it's, it's a good event. So congratulations on that. Rob had a great time. Awesome. I enjoyed being with them. We had a lot of good, good visiting together. Yeah. So you've a couple of your other videos that you had online. I was just playing around, looking through them, and I really like the way you teach people proper grip on your pistol. You want to talk a little bit about that? Like I think the, the, actual, the words you use are just clear and it's precise. Are we talking about like the actual mechanics of how we hold the gun? Your kung okay. fu. Okay. I, I actually have a gun sitting here. So well, who doesn't? The, the, oh, 
pull the slide off of this so I can wave it around a bit. He's uh, disarming his pistol there. So it's just a slot, just the slide. Just there's nobody behind my camera anyway, but just so we all see. So I think oftentimes, what well, with any training, uh, what's the goal, right? We already started talking about that. So when we're training with a pistol, it's one of the things I like to remind people of is anytime we touch something, we're ingraining a habit, good, bad, right, or wrong. Yep. So I want to be purposeful and mindful. Even if I'm just sitting here talking to a Was friend. Was it learning, graining, retaining, something like that? Yeah, yeah. What, garbage in, garbage out, right? So we want to not make sure, we're, we want to make sure we're not putting garbage in. So we want to be high and tight onto the, the grip. High and tight. Understand. So you, if you're not on the video, he's talking about the web of his hand up against the uh, palm swell. And there's a misnomer on that where we talk about being as high and tight as possible to mitigate or control recoil as being like the main factor. But in reality, if we look at how a, a pistol, semi-automatic or revolver recoils, a lot of that movement, we have two fulcrums. One of them's out by the muzzle. One of them's down by the pistol grip. So if we're going to control something with a fulcrum, we have to grab the end of the fulcrum, right? As far, or I'm sorry, the end of the lever. We've yep. got two levers, grip and and the muzzle. Uh, uh, muzzle. We can't grab the muzzle, so we need to ensure that we've got circumferential pressure all the way around the grip. And as we start to build the grip, we think about touch points. I like to think about touch points that we all use them every day. Golfers use them, uh, but we use them every time we pick a pen up, every time we pick our toothbrush up, every time we pick a fork or a spoon or a knife up to eat a meal. We have ingrained how we hold one of those utensils or a pen or a writing instrument. If somebody came up to you while you were eating supper and they took your fork and moved it, you would not need to apply any conscious thought to put that fork back into whatever your usual fork holding uh, uh, position would be. Well, that's what we need to get to with the grip of a pistol where there's no conscious energy to hold it correctly. So as we build a grip out of a holster, are we touching the gun and creating contact in the same points? So you brought up a moment ago about this karate chop thing. Mike Seeklander does this. So do a lot of other people. But we're forcing a touch point. And we've got a lot more to it. But as we bring that gun out in front of us, we'll, some people, including myself, use the phrase collection point, which is right in front of our body. We touch with our support hand. We touch the the mat, I'm sorry, the uh, trigger guard of the gun and form our grip as we roll our hands out it's i think the most important takeaway isn't the technique of how we hold the gun but the principles and the principles are is that we are creating as much flesh contact with the grip as possible because we need connection in order to create friction and friction is required for us to stay stuck to the gun to drive it and allow it to do what it's supposed to do and we need to do all of that without impeding any of the controls because then the gun will work as designed and lock back prematurely or you'll dump a magazine when you don't want to, et cetera. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think it's important you, you know, you're training somebody or you're teaching somebody to shoot. You show them the proper techniques and hold it. Then you have them pick up the gun and do it themselves. And it's all bass backwards. You're like, well, 
how, how did that just happen? We just did this, and now all of a sudden the left thumb's across the back of the gun, and you know, right? They're teacupping. It's like what? How, you know, get back to it, and. I think that comes back into the practice that's off the range that's important. You know, people always talk about dry firing, dry firing, dry firing. You know, what exactly does that mean? What are the better techniques? And I know you have an opinion on this, so why don't you share it with the folks? I think all of us dry fire in life a million things. You go to a sales call, if you're a good salesman or saleswoman, you are practicing it dry in your head. If you are a performer, you do it dry in your head. If you're a pilot, uh, a doctor, whatever. The caveat to all of those things is if I'm going to practice a sales call, I need to know how to sell. If I'm practicing dry fire, dry, I, with a pistol or a rifle, whatever, I need to understand the proper steps. Otherwise, all the stuff I'm practicing is junk. I had a friend came to america he's a golfer he played in the professional golf league he was going to teach me how to golf i'm glad i never learned because i don't want to golf but uh, i went to the driving range and i started busting balls like i bought like 200 300 balls rented them and i'm hitting them hitting them hitting them and it was like you know uh, what was that movie where the guy hit the balls goofy with uh, the the comedian what was it oh happy gilmore yeah so I'm like out there looking like, you know, an idiot and my guts are hurting because I'm swinging the club wrong. And I go tell him he's a Frenchman. I'm like, I went to the driving range to prepare for your lesson. And he goes, do not do that, my friend. You know, you're going to teach yourself wrong. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I literally just like did 300 poor swings. Reps. Yeah. Like, why would I do that? And now he's got to fix it. So we have to understand what we're doing this second thing that we have to do besides being specific mentally when i'm dry firing had some guys doing some dry work the other day and i was like okay fire three shots dry and they went bang 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 why would i ingrain bang 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 instead of bang 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 so if you're not on the video if you're just on the radio show he's showing they simulated a bad recoil when there wasn't one they're putting that in their head that the gun's gonna flip up like, like, like the movies garbage in garbage out input what you want to output which is that's back to the mindset thing even simple things as you're dry firing with the pistol or shotgun or rifle how you breathe not breathe for marksmanship but post shooting post exercise oxygenate your lungs right dominate the space around you visually not just doing some weird scanny stuff but you got to input what you want to output and that requires learning i have people come to class and they say i've never trained but i've been practicing well that's scary i would not get on an airplane where a pilot said hey guys ladies and gentlemen we're about to take off this is my first actual flight but don't worry i've been practicing at home some dry flying that would be scary you still have to like learn what you're practicing i think that's very well said so on our last segment, when we come back here, I want to talk specifically about concealed carry and some training techniques or shooting techniques that you've come up across on that, or maybe even some of your favorite uh, ideas on carrying concealed, you know, like, like, uh, 
Oh, say the difference between somebody thinking they're going to carry a Desert Eagle 50 AE and what they actually end up with on the street. So, mm-hmm. folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com for our podcast or YouTube if you want to see what Mickey looks like. He's on here. He is wearing clothes. It's a different video for him, but we're glad that he's done that for us. So we'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man. Yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Welcome back. We're here with Mickey Shuck, carrytrainer.com, with a famous S12 Events and Gunfighter Oil, his own special lube. Don't leave home without it. Mickey, Carry Trainer, you're teaching people specifically, well, not just specifically, but a high propensity of people who are carrying concealed. And there's a lot to that. It's not just well, like when you go get your license for it, Frankly, there's no there's no realistic training. You pass a couple of tests, you know, they they'll have a silhouette at three feet, and if you can keep it inside of a life size silhouette at three feet, they call that shooting. You know, you could clear that with a brick. But um, let's get into a little bit more about this, about what what should somebody who's carrying concealed be thinking about for a training regimen? Sure. I think any such program should always start with what's my goal and uh, what's my goal needs to be coupled to what problem am I trying to solve problem that you're probably trying to solve is to win in violence. 
and that violence is most likely going to be an ambush type scenario. Okay, so if we've identified that, our training needs to have us have a weapon that is readily accessible. Uh, we need to have a program that allows us to deploy the pistol. I like to think about three seconds or less. Guys think, oh, I need a sub-second draw, and here's what I say about that. If your survival comes down to a half a second or a second uh, between draw stroke speeds, that is that re- means that you have given up on paying attention, and you are okay, – what do we got? What do we got going on in the back? I have back no idea. What's she doing? What's she doing? You couldn't see her behind you. <laughs> I saw the bill. Um, your, your survival is down to a – second or two, it means that you've given up on paying attention to the world around you. So we're trying to deal with an ambush. So we want robust, repeatable skills that will stand up to force, to violence, which means we need quality gear. What gun? I don't care. Something that there's a million high quality guns now. On that note, guys like John Bianchi, John Bianchi said one gun, one holster all the time. Why he said that is the same reason that if we get in our wife's car or a rental car, Uh, We have some issues. I don't know where the defroster is. I don't know how to turn the radio on. I don't know how to adjust the seats. You know how to drive that rental car or your spouse's car, but it takes some time to get used to it. If you're shooting one gun all the time, you develop an innate connection to it. So don't bounce around with guns. Don't bounce around with holsters or holster placement. Develop set skills and then make changes accordingly that only will improve your probability of success. Develop a regiment of safe gun handling that is coupled to good decision-making. By that, I mean, no matter what's happening in time and space around you, you understand that if you need to deploy the gun, you have clear and clean sight lines in and around that target. It would make no, make no sense for me to stop the bad guy while injuring an innocent person. Uh, It would be better for me to do nothing almost in that situation than for me to take innocent life. Of course, there's a whole lengthy discussion one could have about that. But the next part of that equation is decide what you will and will not do. By that, I mean, in every course we talk, hypothetical scenario, you're out at the mall alone, and there's a mad gunman shooting the the place up. Do you intervene? Most people would say, by all means, yes. But now the hypothetical continues. You die in this encounter. Now your wife and kids get a call that heroic father is dead. So you left your wife and kids fatherless, husbandless, in defense of others. Yes, that might make you a hero, but where's your number one responsibility? Home with wife and kids or to strangers that you do not know? And people have a hard time reconciling that. But I know that my kids, my granddaughter, my wife would be pretty upset if I was dead, if I put myself into a situation I didn't have to be in. Not telling anybody how to make that choice, but that's a choice that you should make in the quiet of your own home while having rational thought, not while under duress. And so I think oftentimes we like this sexy idea of being armed, Second Amendment uh, uh, being one of the cornerstones of our country but we don't put the hard thought into what comes with going armed into the world. Uh, Heady choices and decisions that don't just affect us legally, they affect our offspring, they affect uh, the ability of our loved ones to pay the bills. If I end up, even what if I don't end up dead? What if I just end up with uh, an injury that I can't go to work? Now I lose my home because I chose to intervene. 
Those are thoughts people should have ahead of time. Does that make, can I answer some of the questions that you're driving at? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this, it's personal responsibility. It's your choice. I think it is a good idea to figure out what, what are you willing to do or to lose uh, in a situation like that? And I think if you think it out first and that's your plan, then that's something you can live with. I think sometimes people would second guess if something happens like, well, I should have done this. I should have mm-hmm. done that. And if you haven't done the mental work on it that says, if this happens, this is my plan and this is why, then that's what you could fall back on instead of just the, the mental torture for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that there's training programs that get so hyper-specific on certain things, raw speed, uh, hyper, hyper accuracy. Of course, we want to be quick. We want to be accurate. We want to be aware. There's specific training programs that cover different topics. I think as a key point, if you're carrying a gun into the world, you should be capable of hitting anything inside 25 yards that might need a hole in it. Why that number? Because I think for a lot of people outside of that distance, things like vision uh, for an average person, that's like a big swing. I've got friends that are that are in their 50s and 60s that still have excellent vision. I have friends in their 30s that can't see a street sign 10 feet away. So I think if you train to be able to hit something the size of, say, a dessert plate, six, eight inches, and be able to hit that on demand every time in a 25-yard circle around you while maintaining awareness of what's around and beyond said target, that's going to make you much more capable and effective than the average street cop for sure, but then your adversary. In addition to that, if you develop that capability where I know anything 25 yards and in, I own it. I can put rounds on it on demand, on command when I want to. How much more uh, confident will you be in your ability to deploy force if you have trained to that high standard? In addition to that, knowing and understanding on demand, on command, I can put rounds into this target. It may make you or allow you to make better choices. I'm not forced into something because I know maybe I don't need to take that shot. Maybe I don't need to take that shot yet. But when I do, you have trained to be able to do that. I think too often we're lax. We pat ourselves on the back. We go to the range, we dump magazines and it makes us feel good. But have the thought that somebody's kids out there, that somebody's family, that somebody's home, that somebody's property that these rounds will end up into. I have that thought every time I press the trigger somewhere in my brain, it's on, I, I, do I have a clean and clear sight picture? I scream it on the range, clean and clear sight picture. And it's not just meant for range safety. It's meant as a mantra to, I own what's happening in my hands and out where this bullet meets its final mark. You know, we talk about that a lot. We do a lot of hunting and long-range shooting. And and one of the things is, I always say, you own that bullet until it stops moving. You sent it on a path. You directed it. You sent it. You own everything it does until it's sitting in the dirt. And you have to be clear with that. Like, you're just talking about your clear sight picture. You know, if you're in a hunting situation and say it's a, you know, 
herd of elk and your bull is in front of a cow, you can't do it. You know, you right. ha- that round goes through and takes another animal or injures it or injures it, which is even the mm-hmm. worst thing. And mm-hmm. so you have to be responsible for that. Same thing on the pistol range or if you're out in the desert shooting, you know, sometimes guys think, oh, there's nothing out here. It's just nice flat dirt. Well, yeah, they're shooting a, a round round nose round and it comes down it hits a hard pan and that thing skips off another half a mile or whatever mm-hmm. you know it, and uh, at a different angle so you have to be responsible the second amendment is our right it is our responsibility to make sure we're responsible in the exercising of it i'm not saying we need rules or laws to do that we have to do it ourselves folks i want to thank my very special guest, Mickey Shuck at carrytrainer.com. Check him out at carrytrainer.com or his YouTube channel. He's got a lot of really good information on there. You'll enjoy it. And get some gunfighter oil. Stay wet, my friends. Mickey, thank you. I appreciate you. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great weekend. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K, defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.